You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. To welcome everybody to the CCB GTT uh, presentation by Michael Fair, Unseen Touchscreen. He's back for his fifth installment here. So I will turn things over to Michael and uh, he can get started. Hi, everyone. All right, folks. So this, this is all about voiceover. And voiceover is a big topic. I'll try and do it in a session, but we might have to split it into two, the next couple of lectures. And same with the next series, which is iOS, which is the operating system. So we're getting, we've done the introductory stuff. We've done the, uh, basically we've looked at the hardware. We've looked at a quick start of a bit of everything, how to get started using your, your product. Uh, we looked at accessories uh, and uh, the ecosystem at large, the bigger picture, what you're operating in when it comes to economics and, and the services and subscriptions and things that the, your iPhone enables you to use. Now we're changing tax a bit and we're going to go deep into, over the next while, the innards of the software, how you control your device, the gestures, the things you need to know to really control your iPhone. and it all starts with voiceover and this will either take the, uh, we might be able to do it in this session or it might take the next couple voiceover is a big topic essentially what voiceover is is it's a screen reader that's built into the operating system so what that means is that instead of buying like you buy jaws for windows or you get nvda uh and you'd have to do that separately after you got your computer this operate this voiceover comes right on your phone is built into the operating system. Every single iPhone, every single one has voiceover. And that basically it, 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 the other thing to do it, to know as well is you never have to worry about voiceover not being able to be as up to date as your operating system. So provided you can get the latest operating system, which is also free, uh, you get voiceover, the latest additions and improvements to voiceover. So uh, that's a, a massive, massive plus and uh, really keeps everyone's devices working optimally. Now, uh, voiceover is, is, a, is a very complex. It's a screen reader and an interface because uh, you need to change how these things work. Uh, because for sighted people, uh, when they have their iPhone, they can see everything, scroll to where they want to be, and then touch exactly where they want to touch in order to do something. For blind, peop uh, blind people, what happens with voiceover is it adds a layer of complexity. It is harder to learn to use an iPhone for a blind person because voiceover is not as intuitive uh, until you understand the basic gestures and rules uh, and build your knowledge out a bit. So it, it adds an additional layer of complexity for us as blind users. But once we understand it, I think you'll find that things become more intuitive when you really get uh, the, the basics down. Uh, the rest is easily grasped, uh, but there is a learning curve. It, it does steepen that learning curve, especially for beginners. And Apple, I don't think, does quite enough to, uh, to guide beginners, to help them really get started easily. There's, I'll be covering that a little later in these lectures about the lack of, of help. There is some, but it's, it's not as intuitive 
and easily reached as might be. So basically we need to touch the screen without changing things. As if, if you're sighted and you're just using an iPhone, you can scroll around and then just tap where you want and, and things will happen. Either text will be highlighted or you will activate something because uh, you can see everything on the screen. But for us, it's, it's just a black blank surface. We can't see anything on the screen. We need to be able to explore that screen without consequence. And therefore what voiceover does is it'll let you touch the screen without causing things to happen. Uh, usually with one, with one finger, you can touch the screen and kind of explore. You can swipe, do different gestures like swiping left and right with two or three fingers. You can tap with one, two, three, four fingers. There are different swipes, taps, flicks, and gestures that you're gonna be using to control your iPhone that sighted people don't have to learn. Uh, for sighted people, there's there's a fluidity, there's an ease that even lets really young kids master this stuff very quickly. Uh, and for blind people, there, there is this other layer. You have to understand how to use voiceover. It's the key to everything for us. Now, people get confused between Siri and voiceover. Siri is a digital assistant. It basically, uh, you can talk to it and it will try and do what you ask it or answer questions, but it's not really designed to control your iPhone uh, to be what you use to get, you know, in-depth work done on your iPhone. Um, that you should be using the touchscreen for. And I don't think you can really make the most of your iPhone without being able to use voiceover. It's just impossible. Uh, you'd be very limited in what you'd, you could do just with Siri uh, if, if that's all you used. Um, so to really get into the nuts and bolts of it, you have to know voiceover. So voiceover lets you feel around the screen, literally feel the layout of apps. You can flick uh, right and it will go top to bottom, left to right in order and kind of go through each element on the screen. And so you can flick left and right through the elements and explore that way. That's one approach. And then just double tap when you reach something you want to activate or do. Um, that can work, but it's clumsy, it's cumbersome, uh, it's not ideal. Uh, but the other thing you can do is feel around until you get close to what you want. Uh, so I know, for example, that there are tabs on the bottom uh, of the screen to different areas of the app. So I can reach down, feel down on the, near the bottom of the screen, and maybe tap sort of more a little to the left and get close to one tab, maybe the, the recent tab on the phone. App and I want the, the favorites tab. So I might flick to the right to get to the favorites tab and double top on that. And, and that will get me in because it knows it's not a single tap, which would just say whatever my finger touched on. It is a double tap. I am indicating I want to do this. And that's important. It's important that we have ways to really make uh, tell voiceover, I'm sure I want to do this thing. I'm not just accidentally feeling in the wrong place. So that's a big thing that voiceover does for blind people, to, it changes the gestures on the iPhone so that we can explore with, without frustration. And there's usually a number of different ways to, uh, to do uh, these different things. So we can learn the layout of the apps by feeling around the screen when we're in an app and learning where things are. Uh, and then next time we're there, we can just quickly go, oh, okay, I know what I need is near the bottom. You just tap on there to get that sort of selected. And then you flick to the right a couple of times and you're there. Right? It, so it speeds up how we uh, use 
uh, our our iPhone here. So uh, definitely the other thing to do is voiceover doesn't always read everything out loud, right? So sometimes you do have to explore to find things that may be off the main screen, like because apps often have, uh, they expect you to scroll uh, through a, a bunch of screens because it, it can't fit all on one screen. And that that might mean that options might be available that, that won't be automatically read out until you're there, until you actually reach the options and flick over them. And then you'll hear them. So it's a bit different in that sense than Windows screen readers tend to be as well. It really encourages people to explore, to learn where things are, and to not assume that everything is going to be automatically read out. Uh, often it is, but every once in a while, uh, it, it, it might not be. And you're going to have to explore to find, especially options that, are, that only pop up when certain circumstances happen, uh, which is common in, in apps for, uh, for iOS. So, you know, I use VoiceOver to do a lot of different things. Uh, check the calendar. I go in, uh, double tap on the Fantastical app, and I can go in and feel around, uh, get an idea of what events are coming up by either feeling sort of in the middle of the screen uh, or flicking right through the days, uh, things like that. I can uh, write on the screen by uh, in going into something like notes and uh, double tapping on an edit field to go into that edit field and then typing with the on-screen keyboard. Uh, this is a test or something like that. I, what I would do then is I feel around the, the keyboard. I know roughly what, a, uh, what the keyboard is like because it's a QWERTY keyboard. It's just small and you just sort of learn where the letters are and you can sort of get, you build in muscle memory as to where they are. Um, so there are, there's usually more than way, one way to do something in voiceover. So uh, one example of that is typing. Like we were do, uh, talking about in the notes app, voiceover offers different ways of typing. There are three different modes. Uh, so the first one is standard. And that is where it, it's what the phone starts out in by default. It's the most forgiving, but it's also the most sort of slow. Um, what you do is you can feel around all over the screen until you get to the letter that you want or the, the character. Uh, you, you hold your finger on that position, on that character, and then you tap with another finger. Uh, it can be uh, from a different hand or it could be the same hand, just a, a finger that's you just don't want to move the original finger uh, that's on the character that you want. And when you tap with that other finger, with the, with the one held on the character you want, it, that character gets entered. So nothing can happen until a double tap happens. And that's a really nice, uh, secure way of entering text because it's, it's very forgiving of mistakes. If you find the wrong thing, uh, you can before you do that tap, you can flick, you can make sure you're on the right letter and uh, really take your time and, and approach things that way. Uh, they, and, and so that, that method is, is uh, the standard method of typing or uh, split typing, uh, split taps, as, as they call that kind of tap where you're, you're holding a finger on something and then tapping with another. Uh, there's also touch typing. That method is one I favor. Uh, and basically what happens is you can you can feel around for the right character uh, and or just you know touch onto it. And then when you lift your finger off the keyboard, that character gets entered. And that's a faster way. It's a little less forgiving of error, 
but it's a lot faster and less cumbersome. And that's the way I prefer to, to uh, do the typing. Um, the, the third method I have never done successfully, uh, it's called direct touch. And voiceover just gets completely out of the way. And as soon as you touch a letter, as soon as you touch anywhere, any letter on the screen, it is entered instantly, just like it would be for a sighted person. I think uh, you'd have to be superhuman to, to do this. I, I've never gotten it working well. Uh, but for some people with good, really good muscle memory and coordination, it can work. And it's the fastest way of entering text. Uh, it just instantaneously enters characters. Uh, whenever I've tried to use it, I've had to delete a lot. So it, it just generally has not worked out well for me. I, I stick to touch typing, which is the second mode I was discussing. Um, the third, and, and then, uh, so there's that, there's input, and then there's feedback. So you know what you're typing. And you can have a, a, a few different feedbacks. You can have characters. Uh, other screen readers call this typing echo. So you can have characters which every character you, you type in is read back uh, as you type it. So that can be very helpful. You see here when you find it, right, with your finger, and then you hear it when it is entered, right? So you, you'll hear it twice, uh, and that can help you just make really sure that what you think you're entering is entered. Uh, you can have words echoed back, or you can have characters and words uh, so that it echoes each character and then each word after the word is entered. You have, you have to end a word with a space or a punctuation. Or you can have none. You can have no feedback and just trust that you're typing correctly. And that's fine for something like touch typing where you hear what you're selecting and you're pretty sure that what you're, you're entering is correct. You can, you can operate that way and just hear it once as you find the right letter and then release the key and it gets entered. So uh, there are different approaches in both feedback and in entry of data. Uh, so that's, uh, especially when you're first starting out, you'll be in the, in the standard typing mode. And that is nothing will happen until you double tap on a character or until that's tapping twice, tap, tap, or you hold a character with one hand and tap with another. And uh, that is the most forgiving method. Uh, so it's, it's fitting that that's the default uh, that Apple chooses. Um, now, voiceover has a lot under its hood. You can, uh, there are different recognitions and there's ability for voiceover to recognize images. So it will read text, but it will also recognize elements of apps that might not be labeled correctly. So developers might not do a great job of making their app accessible, but voiceover with artificial intelligence can help mitigate that by reading out uh, and recognizing elements that you use to control an app. Um, that I, I usually recommend people have the uh, screen recognition off in most circumstances because uh, it, it can be helpful when an app is improperly labeled, but it can also make life harder when an app uh, is is really done accessibly and is nice, uh, but the screen recognition, artificial intelligence doesn't recognize that. And that's why some people were finding when they first introduced it that perfectly good accessible apps suddenly weren't. Uh, it wasn't anything that the app did to change, it was voiceover's behavior changing. Uh, so basically uh, that that's something to keep in mind is, is that for, for a lot of apps, if you find it suddenly very hard to use or impossible to use, turn, go into setting voiceover settings and turn screen recognition off 
Uh, you can do it in the rotor. Uh, you only have to do it once in, uh, per, uh, in an app and it'll remember which setting you, you set it to. So if you have it on your rotor or in the quick settings, you can go through and, and uh, make those decisions on an app by app basis. And that's really the best of both worlds because then it's ready when it's needed and not in your way uh, when it's not. So uh, you also, it can do things like recognize text in pictures. So if you have a picture with a caption in the picture, uh, not only will it be able to describe the image, which it also can do, but it will be able to recognize the, any text in a photo in an image and read that to you as well. So th those are some new additions that VoiceOver gained recently uh, that has uh, been, been really helpful uh, for people. Uh, so artificial intelligence uh, is the latest big, big thing to be unleashed in VoiceOver that that no other screen reader, uh, I don't think, had had done before like Apple did, and uh, it, uh, it it still needs some work. It's uh, I wish it could tell when apps when effort was made to make an app accessible, but it is a huge step forward uh, in terms of when it's needed. When people don't do the accessibility work, it can do some of that and and save the day uh, in in some circumstances. Now, VoiceOver, unfortunately, Apple doesn't do a great job of, of introducing VoiceOver. Um, they, there's no built-in tutorial like the other screen readers have. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate because we really need it the most in something like this where we're using a, a totally different interface, a touchscreen interface. It would have been really smart of Apple to put one in there. And I've advocated for that. I've urged them to do that over the years. They haven't yet. Uh, I'm still hoping. Um, so that was one of the reasons I wrote my guide uh, was to guide people through the initial learning how to use VoiceOver and also to help with the basics of which apps should I start with that are accessible uh, and point people to some good additional experiences so that they're less discouraged when they come up with, they, they try inaccessible apps and don't get anywhere. Um, so Apple really, I, I wish they did more. There is some help. Uh, there is built-in hints uh, so that that should be enabled uh, uh, by default uh, I believe is still that the that it's on uh, and that will be as you slide uh, your finger across the screen it will say things like double tap to do this or slide up and down to change the value so uh, there are hints built in uh, if you pay you have to wait like half a second or so uh, when you flick to a new element or when you touch a new element for that hint to be read out uh, but they can be very helpful in the beginning. There are uh, instructions about VoiceOver you can find in the user guide. Uh, you just have to know enough about VoiceOver to be able to use the Books app and search for the user guide in the, the Books uh, app and, and, and obtain that book, and, which is free, uh, and then uh, read it and make use of that book. So it's, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. You can also find on apple.com slash accessibility or apple.ca slash accessibility. Uh, you can also find in the voiceover section, uh, you can find the manual uh, or, or the user guide uh, done in HTML. Uh, so rather than a book form, it's, it's an HTML form and you can go through and read it that way. Uh, so there are a couple of alternatives for, for getting to the, the guide has a lot on voiceover in, in it. So, there's help there. Uh, of course, the guide I wrote uh, 
uh, Personal Power, the book that this course is based on, has a whole section on voiceover, which is today's lecture topic. And I hope people will avail themselves of that because, uh, you know, it's iOS 16 has thrown a couple new things at us. But for the most part, voiceover has remained uh, as it was uh, in 16, uh, in uh, 15, rather. So the, the stuff you read in that in the guide will at least get you going and is up to date enough to uh, to still be useful. Um, so that is uh, that's something that uh, you you definitely want to to do. Uh, if you have a situation where you're not getting hints, uh, they could have been disabled and you can go into voiceover settings. So you go settings, accessibility, voiceover, and start flicking right. And you eventually you will get to uh, verbosity uh, and, and hints. You can turn the hints on um, in there. And uh, so that's something that you should be aware to uh, to do. The other thing, that people should know about is practice mode. Uh, this is where you activate it by tap, uh, double tapping with four fingers. So four fingers on, uh, hold them slightly apart and above the screen and then tap four times, tap, tap, uh, sorry, two, um, two times with four fingers and that will activate the help mode. Uh, so a double tap with four fingers. Uh, and when you're in help mode, in practice mode, any gesture you make, any time you touch, it will tell you what that would have done if it weren't in practice mode. So if you touch with one finger, it'll say one finger touch. If you touch with two fingers, it'll say two finger touch. And it'll describe the results, the, like what these gestures do a little bit. It's not exhaustive description, but it's, it's good enough to sort of give you the idea. And it lets you practice the gestures so you get good at them and consistently have it recognized as what you think you're doing uh, and uh, that will help you learn those gestures. So the practice mode is, is very handy. Um, now, uh, the other thing uh, to know here is that, uh, okay, to get to the, the books, the information in the books, uh, in the guide, if you want to use the books app, you have to go into books, you search using the search tab, uh, in the books, in the bookstore, you, you can search for Apple, uh, the user guide. And uh, when you find the guide for the right iPhone that you have, because they tend to keep older ones around as well, you, you get the book. It, 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 there'll be a get button uh, in the book description. You double tap on that and it will download. You will have to verify that you want the book, just like you were purchasing it. And uh, after that, it'll be on your phone and you can open it up in your, your library. And uh, and use it. So that is uh, that's how to get at that. Um, there's there's the books app is there's a bit of a learning curve to it, but uh, it's it's pretty friendly. And uh, you know you have to go into the, of course the table of contents you can use. You can you can use that or do uh, swipes. Uh, three finger swipes will turn the pages of of the guide, so you can swipe uh, left to go right uh, to advance. You'd swipe. Uh, left and it would uh, go to the next page and swipe right right to go back to the previous page is a bit different um, <laughs> it takes a bit of time to get used to that but uh, and then to continuously read you touch uh, feel around till you get onto some text and of the book and then flick down with two fingers so uh, just a two finger flick downward uh, with two fingers at once on the screen and that will start reading continuously so that that's kind of a bare bones. There's a lot more to the books app and voiceover, but that uh, is 
would get you started using uh, the, the, the books app. Um, now, there is a shortcut that I think is important uh, for everyone to know to set right away. Uh, it's called the accessibility shortcut, and it means that you'll be able to start voiceover with clicking the action button on the side of your phone three times, and that will either turn voiceover on or off. So to do that, you go into settings, accessibility, and you go way down through the settings until you get to shortcut, accessibility shortcut. You double tap on that, and then you flick right, uh, and make sure that voiceover is the only one selected. Uh, that's important because otherwise, if you're selecting more than one thing to be uh, activated and deactivated by that shortcut, uh, what happens when 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 it starts? Uh, it uh, it basically uh, gets to a point where you can't um, uh, it start. It won't start speaking because it's asking you which of the things that you want. Uh, that you've asked for. So, for example, when I got my hearing aids, I made sure I uh, didn't have the hearing aids uh, control set on the same shortcut. So, because when I did, when we when they they first set these up in the tech uh, in the hearing aid office, uh, th that it happened automatically. It was added to the shortcut, and then voiceover didn't come on. And uh, what had happened, of course, is, is it, it was asking, what do I want, voiceover or hearing aid? And it, would, it wouldn't say that because voiceover hadn't yet come on. So if you're blind in, in using hearing aids, make sure you go in and, and have voiceover be the only thing that that shortcut turns on or off. Uh, otherwise, voiceover can't cope. So uh, that's important. But that's, that's a really important thing to, to have uh, set right away because there are going to be some times when voiceover doesn't work so well. It'll crash. It'll lock up every once in a while. And in those situations, uh, you can most easily recover most of the time with that shortcut. And you can uh, double click it uh, uh, to uh, deactivate voiceover. You, you click this, the action button three times. So you click, 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 and that's the shortcut, right? And you do that once and then it'll turn voiceover off. And sometimes if it locks up, turning it off is the only way to unlock it. You turn it off and then you turn it back on again. And that should reset voiceover and it'll start working as it normally will. So that's uh, often what I need to do to use that. Um, so hopefully that, uh, that will save some people some angst if they ever get into a situation, uh, situation where voiceover stops working. Uh, things can lock it up. Some web pages aren't designed too well. Some apps might cause it to crash. Things like that. So, you know that that's something that uh, you know you should be aware that that could happen. In which case, the shortcut will save your day. Um, you know, and the other thing you can do, of course, is ask Siri uh, to turn Voiceover on or off. So uh, that will. Uh, that will help you uh, cope with any instances where voiceover locks up and uh, doesn't work, uh, which eventually will happen to all of us, I'm sure. Uh, it has a screen curtain. So one of the things Apple's always thinking about is privacy. And you can actually turn on it. it uh, and the screen curtain, I guess, is on by default, as I understand it now. Um, what that does is it turns the screen black and sighted people can't see what you're doing. Uh, so that's the idea. Uh, if you want to turn that off, you do that by a uh, three-finger 
uh, triple tap. Yes, I just tap, tap, tap. Uh, I just did it myself to make sure that I was giving good advice here. So that's essentially uh, a, 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 you know, for your privacy protection. And uh, you can use your phone out, you know, without people seeing necessarily what you're entering in. So uh, that can be handy in some circumstances. One uh, thing I should explain with VoiceOver is the rotor. Uh, so the rotor is a, a system of control that is like a knob. So if you imagine a knob on the screen, it can be anywhere on the screen. You basically uh, imagine that you're pinching a marble between two fingers. So you're touching the screen with two fingers and you're turning the fingers like you're turning a knob that's projecting from the screen. You turn it left and right. And the rotor can never point at nothing. That's rule number one. It's never pointing at nothing. So something is always active. So when you turn the rotor, you're turning it to different things. So if you turn it once to the right, it will imagine a, an arrow going around in a circle. So maybe at 11 o'clock, there might be the characters setting. And that, that means that if you flick up and down with one finger, uh, it will move back and forward by character. If you turn it again, it's words and flicking up and down moves forward or backward by word. Uh, and there's lines and there's paragraphs. Uh, but there's also other things on the rotor. So the rotor also has uh, different settings. It has things like uh, there's, there's the navigational settings that I was just describing. It also has sliders uh, and switches. So sliders are like volume level is a slider. You can have... 0%, you can have volume up to 100%. And that's a slider. You, you flick up and down to change the, uh, say, speaking rate or volume. Those type of things are sliders. And it will change the percentage that it reads back to you. And that will raise or, or lower volume. That will adjust the speed, uh, things like that. There's also special positions. And these are things like language. You can... Uh, uh, go to language, and if you've set more than one language, uh, one voice in there, you can flick up and down to change. Like I've got about four different English voices on my phone, and I can flick up and down to change to that different voice if I'm on the language position in the rotor. So I turn the rotor uh, until I get to language, and then I flick up and down to, to go through the different voices. Uh, and when you get to the bottom uh, it usually goes up to the top again, right? So it, it kind of wraps around uh, with this kind of stuff. So that is uh, is something to know uh, the rotor. And that it's the same thing. So you just turn the rotor to the setting you want and flicking up and down to go through to change, to go to different settings or different positions on a slider uh, or turn a switch on or off. Uh, so there's there's those kinds of things on the rotor as well. There's also kind of special positions. So if you have a setting at the top of the rotor, uh, it can that can be important sometimes. Like for Braille, if you're using the Braille screen input keyboard, which is when you can type using all of your fingers and sort of turn the phone sideways in your, your hand and use like you're entering Braille. And that uh, basically, uh, you can do that right on the screen. So you, you're positioning your fingers like they were on the Brailler and then you know, tapping with the, the, the fingers that you want to enter characters. And uh, it's it, a lot of blind people really appreciate that. 
uh, keyboard. Uh, even if you don't have a Braille display, you can still use that virtual Braille keyboard to enter Braille uh, if you have trouble typing, like using the regular typing keyboard. So uh, that is, if that Braille option, Braille screen input, if that option is on the top position, the very first position in the rotor settings, then it will activate automatically when you go into fields, like any, any edit field we need to enter text, uh, the Braille keyboard will be assumed to be the one you want. And you'll be able to start typing in Braille in that edit field. So for a lot of blind people, they really appreciate that, uh, being able to, uh, uh, to do that, uh, to, to use Braille. Um, there are different voices available lots of different voices they just really expanded that with this last release ios 16 so you can go into voiceover and you can add languages to the rotor uh in, in the rotor languages setting uh you can change everything to do with voices it's in speech so you flick right you go into accessibility voiceover you flick right and you get to speech and you double tap and then you're in the speech setting and you can change, there are different slots. So each slot there uh, can have one voice in it. Uh, and the, you can add languages to the rotor. And uh, so for example, I have a default slot, which is the default voice that you ever you start out with one and you can pick, you can change it to a different voice. Uh, you just flick right and you get to where it says voice and then it will name a voice and you double tap on that. And then you can flick through to all the different voices that you can get. Uh, there's quite a few now. Uh, and uh, you can have, you know, voices for, there are different dialects of English. So I have a US voice. I have Alex as my main voice. And then I also have Ava as a, a, my a US voice, which is uh, you know, US English, which is what we, we tend to, to use. Uh, there's no Canadian voice as such. It, it, it presumes US English. Uh, but there is Australian English, there are Australian voices, there are UK voices, there are Indian voices, Indian English voices, uh, and uh, others as, as well. And you can pick and choose from all of those voices. Uh, and you can add those dialect, each dialect of, of language has its own, you can add it to the rotor. So you can add a slot for English Australian, you can add a slot for English UK, and only one voice can occupy those slots at a time, but you can have more than one voice on your phone uh, for a particular slot. So they won't all be active uh, at the same time, but you can change uh, the voice that is active in that slot for that, that part of the rotor. Uh, so it's a little, there's a bit of a learning curve to it, uh, but once you, you've done it once, I, I don't think you'll have too much trouble. It's you go in, you, you, uh, once you add uh, the languages to the rotor, uh, then you flick to the right and uh, you'll, you'll find that after, uh, after the default options for the default slot, then you have the rotor options and you can go in and add and remove voices uh, and things like that. So there's, uh, don't think you're stuck to the voice that you start with, there's choice there. Um, but to give another example of something you can do, you can select text. Um, so if I'm in an edit field and I have the lazy dog jumped over the pig and I want to move that pig back to where the dog is and, uh, you know, 
put the dog at the end of the sentence. So it says the lazy pig jumped over the dog. I can select pig at the end of the sentence. I can go change, turn the rotor to words, go to where the word pig is, uh, and change, turn the rotor to select text and uh, flick down until uh, I get to words because it changes how much text you select. So you want words. You flick right and you get pig selected. You turn the rotor to edit and then you cut the word pig by flicking down until you get to cut and then double tap. You go back to the beginning of the, the sentence and go to the lazy. And then right after lazy, uh, you go to where the, the dog is and you can drop, you, you then paste the, the pig where the dog is. And then you, you might have to go to characters because they're probably not spaced apart. And you find where the word pig ends and the word dog begins. And you can then uh, go back to, to turn the rotor back to select and then flick down until you get to words and, and select dog. And uh, then you turn the rotor back to edit and you cut and you can move then to the end of the sentence and drop dog at the end. So it, it sounds very cumbersome when I say that, but when you actually do it, uh, it's a lot less so. You're just turning the rotor and flicking up and down to do everything from selecting text to cutting and pasting. It's it's a very intuitive way when you when you uh, grasp it to start controlling different things, changing the speed of your voice, uh, changing the volume, uh, edit, navigating your document back and forth, uh, all things like that. So there there's a number of key gestures here, and that's that's kind of the next uh, section where we're at here. I'm just uh, see that's. Uh, 141. So I think we have actually time to do this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the first thing is touch. Uh, one finger is you, you touch with one finger, and you uh, that is considered a touch, and it, it's it will just read whatever's under your hand. It won't do anything uh, to it. So that is a touch. Uh, a two finger tap is that's a magic tap, and that that. The function of that will change depending on what you're doing. So you're tapping with two fingers and it will uh, start or stop music uh, or other things you're playing back. It will hang up a call. Uh, so uh, things like if you're on a phone call, it will hang that up. Uh, it'll start and stop speech. Uh, that, that's a two finger tap, a single two finger tap. So tap once with two fingers. Double uh, two-finger double tap is the magic tap. Uh, my apologies for that. So two-finger single tap is what you use to, if you're reading text and you have it continuously reading, you want to just pause and start again later, you can tap once with two fingers and it will pause speech. And then tap again, it'll resume speech, right? With two fingers. So that's how that works. Three-finger tap tells you where you are. It'll read, it'll report status and location information, where you are on the screen. Uh, so that can be handy. So you just tap once for three fingers. Uh, and these these will work pretty much anywhere on the screen except the very top and the very bottom. I think uh, you might have different things happen there. Um, so that is uh, uh, those those taps. Uh, a four-finger tap on the top or the bottom. So that tapping with four fingers at once will move you to the top or the bottom of the screen. That'll move the voiceover cursor to to that point. And then you can see what's at the top of the bottom of the screen um, and flick left and right, of course, to read what's there. Um, 
So now we're getting with it. That's the single taps, one, two, three, or four fingers. Now we're getting into double taps, uh, which is where I sort of accidentally went when we're talking about the, the two finger tap. Uh, so the one finger double tap uh, indicates intention uh, to do something. Okay, so if you're touching on an app and you want to go into it, you then double tap, you tap twice quickly, tap, tap with one finger. And that will execute something, it will select an item, it will uh, do something, right? It'll launch an app that's on your homepage that you're on. So that's what you do, The act it's the activation tap. That's what you do to tell it, I want this. And it will activate it. A two finger double tap, that is the magic tap. And that does a lot of different things. It pauses and resumes music. Uh, it, uh, it will do things like hang up and, and uh, 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 hang up a phone call or pick or answer a phone call. Uh, all of it is done with a two finger uh, double tap. And there, there are lots of different uh, places where that is used to do different things like that. Uh, so that's why it's called the magic tap. It, it can, it's very context. Uh, based and it can do a lot of different things. Um, so a three finger double tap turns speech on and off. And you might wonder why you want speech to be off if you're blind and you're using voiceover. Well, because voiceover is also how you use braille. So uh, if you're using a braille display like I am right now to read the notes uh, that I'm using to keep me on track as I'm going through this uh, lecture, I have speech turned off, and I've done that with a three-finger double tap on my older iPhone here, and uh, it, it is silent as I'm reading through uh, these notes, and that's, uh, I can then use my Braille display, and I won't be distracted by the chatter of it reading what I'm already hearing, what I'm already feeling in Braille. So, uh, and then when you want speech again, you just double tap, it's a toggle, so you just three-finger double tap again, and it will turn speech uh, back on again. Uh, and then you have uh, the uh, three finger uh, uh, triple tap is screen, the screen curtain we mentioned earlier. Uh, so there's the four, there's the quadruple tap. And the, the uh, if you uh, quad, a four finger double tap will enter and exit help mode. Right, so that's where you get into practice mode. You get it's it's called practice mode by Apple. Uh, it's the closest thing they have to help. <laughs> so that's why I tend to think of it that way. But you, you double tap with four fingers to enter and exit help mode. Um, so that's uh, what that does, um, and that's that's very important for beginners to know. There's also triple taps. Okay, so a one finger triple tap uh, accesses context menus. Right, so that used to be double tap and hold. Uh, that gesture will still work. Uh, that's with one finger as well. Uh, this is, yeah, three finger, triple tap. So that's with one finger. Activates context menus. So uh, they're all through apps. Like there are context menu that let, lets you, uh, say, bring up one that lets you copy a file or rename it or do different things, uh, delete files. There are a lot of context menus. Uh, so if you're on something, you think there, there should be more options than I'm seeing, try triple tapping with one finger. And uh, you, you might see that there's, there's a, a, a menu there of options that is 
is kept out of people's way. It, they, the iOS does a lot to reduce clutter uh, for sighted people, but that often means that options are buried in these these sort of hidden menus and things. So you do have to that three finger triple tap is quite useful. Or sorry, the one finger triple tap um, is uh, is very useful to know. Um, so swiping, uh, swiping is uh, basically uh, flicking your finger, uh, sliding your finger left to right uh, or up and down uh, very quickly. It's a flicking kind of gesture. Um, so sw uh, swiping is it's kind of usually thought of as, as more than one finger. So if I'm swiping to turn a page, I will swipe left with three fingers. And so that's three fingers going across to the left and that'll turn the page forward. Uh, and then, of course, you go the other way to turn uh, to the last uh, page. Um, you can uh, also uh, flick up and down to go uh, previous next rotor item. Uh, uh, and that's also kind of thought of as a swipe. It's called a swipe, but uh, I think it's more of a flick, really, um, uh, when you're going up and down with one finger, especially. Um, two finger left and right swipes are uh, for group navigation. So if you're in a situation where there's a lot of grouped information on the screen, you can swipe right with two fingers to go into a group and then flicking left and right will take you to different items in that group and without the danger of going out of that group without it sort of letting you know. And to leave that group again, returning to the main list of, of items, uh, you would swipe left with two fingers and that would exit that group. And then you could get down to the next group of items. So that is uh, group navigation uh, in a very brief nutshell. Um, uh, so three finger swipes uh, to, are used to scroll. So turning uh, to different pages in the book or going up and down. If some uh, screens are, are uh, more tall than uh, the screen of your phone. So uh, scrolling up and down with three finger swipes, you go uh, up to go down and down to go up, kind of like flying an airplane. Uh, and so that is uh, a swiping uh, in, in a nutshell. Uh, four finger uh, left and right uh, swipes uh, move between apps. So if, if you have a bunch of apps open, you can use those swipes to get you, instead of having to go to the app switcher and go to the different app or go back to the home page, you know, and find the, the app that you want. You, if you've already got it open, you can four finger swipe left to right to go between open apps. And that can sometimes save a lot of time. And that's, a, that's not normally available to sighted people. It's a, it's a voiceover thing. So uh, that's something to be aware of, that, that these gestures, these options are there for our benefit, not always available to sighted people. The item chooser is another component of voiceover. Uh, and that's uh, accessed by a two finger triple tap. Um, so that's three fingers, uh, uh, sorry, two fingers twice, uh, three times rather. And that gets you into the app, uh, uh, the item chooser. That will bring up a list of all the items, elements on the screen, and you can flick through like a, a list of them instead of having to explore the screen. So that, for especially for beginners, I think that's a helpful thing to know about. And uh, so, voiceover settings, um, yeah, that is uh, that's a big 
I think what we're going to do is we'll stop here. We'll get into voiceover settings in our next lecture, and we'll do the, the second part of our voiceover tour next month. So uh, if, if anyone has questions, we'll, uh, we'll take those now. And uh, there's, there's a lot more to voiceover, of course. Uh, it was uh, and the, the next after that is iOS, the operating system. So this is one of those occasions where we learn more about, we need to know voiceover almost before we learn a lot about the operating system because it's how we get anywhere. It's that important. So hopefully this helps people uh, get started. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at one 304 0968 You can follow our GTT blog at gtt If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to GTT support plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.net.